Hi everyone. Did you know that prayer is your enemy's worst nightmare? The last thing your enemy wants is for you to connect with God. But the funny thing is, do you understand what prayer is all about? A lot of people have uh, different notions and different definitions of prayer. And I believe that if we truly understand what prayer is, we probably will be praying 24-7. You're going to be probably be connecting with God 24-7. But the reason why a lot of Christians today are not praying is because they don't really understand what prayer is. I myself have been a Christian for a while, and it just for the past maybe six years that I began to understand what prayer is. I even wrote a book on prayer entitled um, Pray God's Will in 365 Days. And this was like 20 years ago. And yet I really did not understand what prayer was all about until just recently. When I say recently, like six years ago. So today I'm going to attempt and try to explain to you what prayer is. And hopefully when you get to understand this, you're going to be you're going to be excited about praying. So I'd like to entitle my message, Why Pray? Why do you have to pray? Do you know that 99, 100% of our problems can be solved through prayer? Is that how powerful prayer is to you? To a lot of people, prayer is the last resort. Meaning, I'm going to try to solve my own problem and my own strength and abilities. And finally, when things are not working out right, I'm going to pray. And it's the last resort. In fact, it should be the first thing we need to do in our lives. In fact, every morning is a sign. When you pray, it's a sign of your total reliance on God. Prayer is a key because you realize that if you really want to do God's will for your life, you want to consult with God first. And a lot of people go about their day, they wake up. First thing they do is work. The first thing they do is do their to-do list. The first thing they do is probably have coffee and breakfast and not pray and not connect with God. And that's why even myself, many years ago, I realized everything I've done, all the problems I have is because I lack prayer. I did not consult with God first. That's why, you know, if you've been doing the same thing years and now you realize it's not working, maybe, maybe the answer is prayer, right? So did you know that prayer is the key also to building a relationship with God? And that's my next topic next week. I want to talk about having a relationship with God. And the key again to this life is knowing this God that can help you go through this life not alone, but with somebody who has all the wisdom in the world. Don't you like that? And it's available to all of us. See, the nice thing about prayer is that Jesus is always available. He's always there. The, the thing is, we're not with him. The thing is, we're not connecting with him. I'm going to read this passage uh, in the Bible. It says, when Jesus walks on water, he says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat. He, met, he told them to go into the boat and go before him to the other side. 
and while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Even Jesus, even Jesus prays. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. Remember, the disciples were in the boat. Okay? And he asked them to go in the boat. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them. Jesus walks on the sea. He was walking on the sea. So when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, it is me, do not be afraid. And the response was, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. So Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Let me just backtrack for a while and talk about this. This was a, an occasion where Jesus actually told the disciples and commanded them to get into the boat. You know, when Jesus told them that, Jesus was already leading them into a storm. Think about that. Jesus knew that there was a storm, and yet Jesus commanded them to get into the boat and into that storm. Why did Jesus do that? Thinking about that. Some of the storms in our lives are not created by just situations. Some of them are actually storms deliberately and intentionally uh, done by God for a lot of reasons. One is he wants to teach us something. He wants to teach us that when storm happens, there is and there are solutions to storms. The other thing that Jesus wants to teach us is that some of the storms, though, is not from God. Some of them are created by us. The problems we have, the challenges we have, many times we give God so much credit with all the problems and tell God did this. No, there's so many things that happen to us. It's not because of Jesus' fault. It's because it's of our own doing. Sometimes, though, it's also the enemy. So you have to discern, is, it, is this from God? Is this God trying to teach me something? Or is this from the enemy who's trying to destroy me? Or is this, was this caused by my wrongdoings? So you have to discern that, right? So he dismissed the crowd, and then he went to the mountain and he prayed. He prayed. He was always seeking God. He exemplified, and he showed the example of what, you know, even God prayed to his father. <clears throat> again, the boat went a long time, and again, beaten by the waves, for, for the wind was against them. And then Jesus started walking on water. Think about this. If you are in a boat and you saw somebody walking on water, it's probably going to freak you out, right? It's going to freak me out. But then they weren't sure, <clears throat> excuse me, they weren't sure if it was Jesus, but there was, there was some sort of person walking there. And when they saw, they asked, Jesus, 
he said, Lord, is this you? Is this you? Sometimes we have to ask this question in the midst of the storms. We have to ask this question. God, are you with me? Is this you? If this is really you, Peter wanted an answer. If this is really you, ask me to come to you. And he said, and this person, Jesus, said, come. Come. You know what Jesus was saying? Connect with me. Pray to me. Come to me. And then Peter, out of faith, got out of the boat and began to do the impossible. He began to do the supernatural. See, when it's Jesus commanding you to do something, it may be something that's impossible. It may not be something that's not natural to you. It may be something that's against wisdom, human wisdom, or human abilities. But when Jesus tells you to do something, it goes against the grain. It goes sometimes, many times it goes against common sense. But then what did Peter do? He obeyed. He obeyed. I mean, if somebody tells you, walk, you know, come out of the boat in a stormy weather, you know, your all your everything in your in your system will say, No way, I'm not gonna walk on water. But Peter had the faith. And he began to walk on water as he was going to Jesus. He was looking at Jesus and he was walking towards Jesus and he began to do the impossible. Look at the next verse. He says, but when he saw the wind, when he saw the situation in his lives, when he saw the problems of this world, he began to be, he was afraid and he began to sink. He began to go under the water. See, when you remove your eyes on Jesus, you begin to remove your eyes of faith. And now you cannot do the impossible. When you now remove your eyes on Jesus, you now begin to use your natural giftings and talents and abilities. That's why a lot of people are afraid. Because when they look at themselves, when I look at myself, I get afraid. Because I look at my limitations. And when God tells me to do great things, I'm not able to. Because the things that Jesus wants you to do are big and great and impossible. But the only way you can do it is when you set your eyes on Jesus. And when he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Save me from my situation. And then Jesus immediately reached out his hand. He says, you of little faith. See, when you don't have faith, you decide differently. A person of faith does faith things. A person of faith does impossible things. But somebody who has fears and doubts will begin to do natural things that will cause them to do natural disasters. So don't take your eyes off Jesus. He said, come. See, that's prayer. Listen here. When you come to Jesus in the morning, that's prayer. When you know that when you connect with God and talk to God, do you know that prayer is communication? And do you know that good communication is 80% listening? That's why we have two ears and one mouth and 20% talking. Do you only go to God when you speak and ask for something? Or do you go to God 
to consult, to ask God for wisdom. Because when you ask for wisdom, God will give it to you freely. The reason we have all these problems in our lives is because we rely too much on our own strength, on our own abilities. Sometimes you just have to be quiet. Sometimes you just have to listen. Listen to God. Okay? Connect with God. Come to God. Set your eyes on God. Don't look left or right or don't look at the waters. You're going to sink. But set your eyes on God. And when he did this, okay, he, you know, he, he said, they said, truly, you're the son of God. That's an example. Another example was when Jesus calms the storm. Wow, Jesus, God, have the ability to calm any storm. Are we storm-free? No, but we're storm-proof. How are you going to be storm-proof? Well, only Jesus can calm your storm. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Again, imagine this. You're in the boat. Everyone's there. And there's a, a, a furious, the Bible says, a, a furious storm. How many of you experience some tiny storms, right? But there are times you experience furious, big storms in your life. But even during the furious storms, what was Jesus doing? He was sound asleep. He was asleep like a baby. Why? It doesn't bother him. But the disciples were so bothered, they went to him and woke him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Think about this. Lord, save me. I don't know how I'm going to survive here. I'm going to die in my situation. Lord, help me. Okay? And again, Jesus replied to him. What did Jesus say again? You of little faith. Why are you so afraid? I don't care what situation you're in. Some of you watching now, you're in a furious storm. You're in a storm where you can't even solve it. You're in a storm when you're already at the dead end. You're in a storm where, whether it's spiritual, whether it's a relational storm, a financial storm, or a sickness, you're in a storm that is almost impossible to fix, right? But God said, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up, Jesus got up, got up and, and just, hey, wind, storms, stop it, be calm. And immediately, the storm was, it was completely calm. So the men were amazed. Who would not be, right? And asked, what kind of man are you? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So my first point here in this message is this. Why do we pray? You pray so you will have faith. See, the, every time you connect with God through prayer, you talk to Him. Your fear dissipates and your faith increases. The only way you can have faith is to come to God, pray, and connect with God. The Bible says, you know, there's a verse in the Bible, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's why I'm saying to you, 80% of prayer is listening. It's 20% talk, 80% listening. When you begin to listen to God, 
you increase your faith level, your faith muscles. Pray so you will have faith. Every morning I've decided for many years now, I've decided I'm going to pray first. I don't care whether I'm busy or not. I, I, I'll stop thinking of relationships, marriage, wife, husband, kids, grandchildren. Let me connect with God first. Another verse says here, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. How many of you are weary today? And how many of you are burdened? And he says, I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. A lot of people today are restless. They need rest. So take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me try to explain that. See, a lot of you watching today, you need rest. You're tired. You're weary. You're burdened. Am I right? Right? Aren't you sick and tired? Some of you, you need to be sick and tired of being sick and tired to come to God. Okay, are you at the end of your ropes? What did Jesus say? Come to me. Oh, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come. He's saying, pray to me. Listen to me. Talk to me, and I'll talk back to you. And you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest when you come to Jesus. He's the only solution. My second point, pray so you will have rest in your soul. Your soul needs rest. Not just your physical body, but your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions need to rest. Are you rested? I have my Garmin here. See this? My Garmin tells me my, when I sleep whether I have enough rest or not. Rest is important. It tells me where my deep sleep, my REM. You know, it's, what's important is your deep sleep. Because you can be lying down in bed for eight hours and still not be rested. The only way you can really be rested is only through God. And lastly, I'm going to read this. This is kind of long, though. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. This was in the original church. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs before performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They had everything in common. Okay, They were singing, rejoicing, and all of that's good stuff. But my last point is this. Pray so you will experience God's miracles. At this point in your life, do you need God's miracles? Do you need God's intervention in your life? I'm telling you, the key is in Acts 2.42, the verse I just read. Okay, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You know, instead of worrying about your problem, go read the Bible. Go meditate on the Bible. The Bible is there to teach you, to solve all your problems, to help you in this life. They also did fellowship. Hang out with people who, you know, people who are believers, who can give you godly advice. Okay, because that's the real solution. Not you trying to do it on your own again. And to the breaking of bread, realizing what Jesus did. That's why relationship is key. I'm going to be preaching that next week, so don't miss it. And lastly, to prayer. So why pray? You want signs and wonders to happen? Pray, this is my last point, pray 
so you will experience God's miracles. Let me summarize. Why pray, my brothers, my sisters? Pray so you will have faith. Pray so you'll have rest in your soul. And if you want a miracle in your life, pray so you will experience God's miracles.